tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Plus. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weeks. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. I'm another one of your hosts, Josh Lee Kwai. We're all three of us here. Whoa. How's it? Oh yeah, how's it? Now they've they've officially seen us all in the same room. They know we're not the the same same people. people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just... That was the theory? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, interesting. I'm just been swapping suits between you. That's kind of cool. It's like Mission Impossible. (laughs) You're a scroll. Today we are doing something a little different. We have all three hosts today and we're doing a draft. Yeah. But not exactly like a magic draft. We're doing like a fantasy draft? Yep, definitely a fantasy draft. Of magic cards. So it is a magic draft, technically. Today we are drafting the best equipments uh, in Commander. We're drafting them for our fantasy deck. Basically, uh, we're picking the equipment that we just can't live without. But before we get into the best equipment in Commander... Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of magic cards today. And if you want to pick any of them up, go over to our sponsor at cardkingdom.com slash command. Card Kingdom has a huge selection of magic singles and sealed product. We're going to be talking about a lot of the most powerful cards in Commander, and they're not too pricey. So make sure you go over to Card Kingdom to pick up the equipment that you're looking for in the condition, in the version that you want them in. We're Commander players. We're picky about our magic cards. Luckily, Card Kingdom has a huge selection, so you can get exactly what you want all in one place. Again, cardkingdom.com slash command. And when you get there, go on over to ultrapro.com slash command and make sure you put your sweet equipment and the creatures, by the way, that they have to equip to. You got to buy both. That's true. And it's sleeve from ultrapro. Ultrapro.com slash command has a huge inventory. They do so many great things every single year, including just sometimes flash Magic the Gathering sales, products up to 50% off, as well as brand new products are also going to be in the store all the time with the new sets, the new arts, whatever you want, ultrapro has it. Play mats, deck boxes, sleeves, wall scrolls, dice, and more. <laughs> Seriously, ultrapro.com slash command has everything that you would want to protect your magic cards. Josh and I have been trusting them over a decade now at this point. Uh, I still have, I was just good looking through old, we had to get all these like top loaders yep. uh, for Vegas. And I found a drawer full of like 500 of them. And they were all in still in perfect condition. And they'd been sitting there for like five years. So you know ultrapro products work and they last for a long time. So you can get your hands on some as well at ultrapro.com slash command. And of course, the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. All kinds of cool perks for patrons. Um, You get to watch game nights earlier than everybody else, earlier than the general public. Also, I should mention, this is not a Patreon thing exactly, but we have a playmat Kickstarter going on right now for something called Go To Combat. Yeah. Which is a really cool uh, new piece of art that we had commissioned by Diana Franco Campos. Mm. It is kind of the strategy session among, you know, uh, your advisors and generals and commanders, if you will, before Mm. going 
to combat. Yeah, it's all the commanders hanging out in the command zone. There you go. Oh, there you go. Deciding how they're going to move yeah, their the troops around. Yeah, the strategy tent. Against each other? <laughs> yeah. Hanging out together beforehand? Hey guys, what's up? We're going to merge each other No, no, soon. it's all the commanders in your deck uh, oh, okay, repertoire. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't know. I think it's all the commanders in the four opposing decks. Before they're buddies. They cast their buddies yeah, in the yeah. same room. Yeah. Okay, I'm going like, to attack like, you here <laughs> and then you don't attack me there. I'll Wait, hold on. I'm being cast right now. Anyway, if you would like to support Game Nights the Command Zone, all of our content and get a really cool playmat with some awesome art there is going to be well there's a qr code if you're watching it on uh, video here but also if you're listening to it there will be links in the show notes um it is a kickstarter so it is a limited time only which means get your order in blah 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 you know the deal okay back to patreon yeah, yeah. We, uh, another perk that patrons get is they also get uh we shout out one lucky patron every single episode Ooh, and this episode is dedicated to martin, martin van ginhoven martin, martin you, you rock. rock you rock that was sweet okay Let's get into this here. We're going to draft equipment, Rachel. Yes. Uh, This was your idea. Yeah. So I just want to ask, like, how should we be framing how we're thinking about our picks? Obviously, we're going to go in order. Are we going to snake? Yeah. So we're doing a serpentine draft. That means... Uh, So whoever picks first will pick last in the second round. So it'll be one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three. Okay. So, all right. The third person gets the fourth pick and the second person gets Gets the the fifth. Sixth pick. Second person gets the fifth, and the oh, yes. first person gets the sixth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, then we can't, obviously can't pick what anybody else has picked. Yep, because it's a draft. Once it's been chosen, it is off the board. So uh, we've all prepared lists of, of equipment cards. We've prepared them in a rough draft order, and uh, hopefully... And don't take my picks. And hopefully <laughs> <laughs> we'll get... Don't worry, I didn't. I just left lift Lightning Grease off. <laughs> <laughs> well, let uh, me, I just want to frame this in my mind, too. Are we picking this as if, like, these are the only equipment... That we're ever going to own in our collection, or like, how does it? How do I frame this in my mind? That's so we're we're talking about them as if they're the best equipment in Commander. But the way that I thought about it when I was doing this is like, if I was only going to play five equipment for the rest of my Commander career, Uh what are the five that I would want to end up with? Right. Or another way to think about it is, and it raises the stakes, right? Yeah, because we're going to do this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's another way to think about it. If you pick something, I can never have that thing in my collection. So how important is each one to me and should I grab it now? Yeah. Okay, scary. So all of us have different strategies. All of us have different lists and priorities. And uh, we're going to try and keep things as fair as possible. At the end of the episode, we'll see who won the draft. (laughs) We'll let you all decide that. Yeah, Yeah, we'll let you all decide that. I'm excited for my round one matchup next week. I'm going to ch- Can you like get people off the bench? Like it's fancy football? <laughs> go to the waiver wire? Yeah. yeah. Pick, Actually. pick up a mithril coat or something like that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Did make top five, but yeah. it's on the list. My, my, at least this way, my uh, first pick is unlikely to get injured in the first game. Yeah, yeah. possible. Sorry, That's all true. the Aaron Rodgers people out there. Okay. Oh, Brutal. gosh. Brutal. <laughs> all right. Uh, you got pick number one, Rachel. I don't know how oh, this happened. I went to a website called Rand. <laughs> Random.org. Hmm. It's real, and okay. it chose me. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going first, and I am also going sixth. Uh, Jimmy, you will be going second and fifth, and Josh, you will be going third and fourth. Nice. I think Josh is in the best I position. Actually like I genuinely position. think going third is is better yeah. than going first. It, I guess it all depends on what y'all pick with one and two. It's That's true. true. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Okay. Let's see what you got. Yeah. All right. So it's... Pick one. I knew I was going first going into this. And, and uh, for, speaking for the Rachel Weeks Go Birds, the number one pick in the 2023 equipment draft is... 
it's Skull Clamp. I'm not. Skull I'm not living clamp. in. I'm not living in a commander where I can't play Skull Clamp. Wow. I, right. Let me get that one off my list. Yeah. Can't pick that anymore. Uh, this was a really tough decision. That's not what I expected. And it was between. It was between two cards for me, and I imagine one of them will go in the next two picks. Yeah. Uh, Lightning Graves was, was my second pick, but I like Skull Clamp is i just love playing it too much and when it's good it's incredible uh so i i think it fits with my style and uh i'm making sure it's on my roster what number did you have skull cramp at jimmy uh it was two or three depending on what was picked first yeah yeah it so is, now it's I, no longer there <laughs> i have it as my number three i was hoping to get it with my no. third pick mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very surprised and i think well I'm already surprised, so maybe I'll be wrong, but yeah. I think the card Jimmy's about to pick was probably my number one pick. Let's see what it, what it was, Jimmy. Yeah. It may not be, actually, okay. because this one is a little... I can understand why you would put Skull Clamp first. I think it's wrong, but that's okay. I... Oh. <laughs> well, well, okay, why do you think it's wrong, yeah, Jimmy? I'm yeah, just yeah. curious. Not every deck is going to have my X1's the Clamp. I agree. I think. Yeah. But, but how the decks it, that want the Clamp really the clamp. clamp right 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 i think this gets into a really interesting thing about the different ways to think about a draft like this because yeah, yeah the upside of skull clamp at its most powerful is extremely powerful yeah the downside is at the floor where it's not that good because if you have a deck full of creatures with two toughness or more yeah, or, or, or no not creatures at all. no creatures a spells deck yeah um you don't want your things to die you don't have tokens then it's it's bad so it's about you know there's no rules, right? You can evaluate the card yeah. being like, I want cards that are best when they're at their best. But it's also, you can evaluate cards as like, I want a bunch of stuff that is never bad, even if that means that More it's, it's never an A+, plus, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I yeah. found myself uh, having trouble balancing that, the, that same thing when I was making my list. It's yep. a tough, it's definitely a tough pick, especially with equipment that are often colorless because you you want something that covers a lot of the bases. Yeah. That's interesting because we probably will in this draft get to some colored get to some equipment. equipment. And I, I had trouble really like figure out where to place it because the same reasons basically like yeah oh well that only goes in blue decks how much should i knock it down the list because of that however i agree with jimmy i think skull clamps a little bit narrow that's why i had a little bit down it could Mm -hmm. also be that you have to play with this card for the rest of time and you may build a lot of decks skull clamp rules i'm okay with that (laughs) yeah right like i don't have that many decks that run tons of x ones but if you do then skull clamp may be prioritized a little bit higher we've often said in the past if skull clamps in your deck and it's supposed to be there. It's probably the best card in your deck. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of easy ways to find it. It, it digs you out of incredible number of holes. I am always happy to see Skull Clamp. Honestly, I think it's underplayed. <laughs> it obviously it goes in token decks. Honestly, it goes like yeah, but, it goes in a lot more decks. Yeah. But if you're just playing a creature deck and like you can you have anything to do with artifacts or you have anything to do with attacking or sacrificing like skull, skull clamp goes in it it doesn't matter how big your creatures are if you're sacrificing at all skull clamp goes in the deck equip cost one is quite nice yeah uh what about equip cost two oh. my first pick whoa is not lightning greaves it's sword of feast and family wow, wow. That's right. i cannot believe that josh is gonna get this third <laughs> So I feel good about it. the reasoning oh. behind this is I do think one lightning greaves is insane, but I think the effect of lightning greaves is something that you can kind of find replacements for. Sure. But I don't think you can find a replacement for the effect of sword and feast and famine in commander in an equipment specifically, which is untapping all of your lands. Insane. 
And normally you would think that, like, that's a green thing, but this is an equipment that goes in every single deck. I have mana problems, and I think it's more important to be able to cast more than one spell on a single turn with sort of Feast and Famine, because you get to untap your lands. Yeah, but Jimmy, you need five lands to make this good. (laughs) You need one installment of three, and then you can tap two. Wait, Jimmy, you know that sort of Feast and Famine gets better the more lands you have, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you're going to cast a spell that lets you draw more cards. There you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm using my sword to cast more rampant growth. Man. I'm um, I'm shocked. I'm so, shocked that that goes over Lightning Greaves, frankly. Yeah, I, I really like Sword of Feast of Famine. I would take Lightning Greaves. However, I can also just take Swiftfoot Boots. And I think for my purposes, it's close enough that I'd rather yeah. secure the bag with Sword of Feast and Famine. I really love this difference of sort of evaluation that causes, you know, me to get Lightning Greaves for one thing. But also... <laughs> Like different ways to think about yeah. cards. Uh, I find that super, super interesting. I had Feast and Famine as number two on my list yeah. as well. I would have lost it, Rachel, if I didn't take it now. Yeah. Um, oh. I mean, I wasn't taking sort of, sort of Feast and Famine. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> a lot lower on the card I'm a than lot, we it's are. It's three mana to cast, two mana to equip, and you need a creature. Well, the thing is, Sword of Feast and Famine, you shouldn't play until you have five mana, and right. then it costs nothing. Yeah. And that's the way you have to play the card. But it is yeah. an extra turn spell. And that's the thing I think people don't really realize is that you take two turns on your turn. And the most common way to win a game of Commander is to just have a burst forward turn at an unexpected point. And Sword of Feast of Management has the benefit of if I untap with it, I win. But it's I didn't have to risk much to do it. I just played a card untapped my lands, played my normal turn, so it's as if the Sword and Feast of Famine was this extra thing that got played that says, if you don't destroy it, I probably win. But it also, I didn't have to stick my neck out to play that card. I played it for zero mana. It cost me a card on my deck, a card in my hand, but it represents a potential win for me that most other I win cards are like, spend seven mana, go, I hope mm-hmm. it survives, but right. I had to spend my turn doing it. Sword of Feast of Famine doesn't do that. Yeah, you still have to like cast it, equip it, and hit, and then it costs zero mana. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of steps to go through. I just think the I'm valuing the upside of what happens. It's great. When it goes it's very through, powerful versus the in my case, right? Like Skull Clamp, you also need the creature on the battlefield for it to yeah. work, right? No, I in under, fact you need multiple I mean, creatures for equipment Skull Clamp. is yeah. like. You always need a creature, I suppose. Even in spells deck, I will play Sword and Feast and Famine because spells decks often have a go-off turn where they need like twenty ma- access to 20 mana to like close the deal. Yeah. And you have a commander in a spells deck. And usually you want your commander on the battlefield. Like that is a prerequisite of you winning the game anyway. So you weren't going to win if you didn't have a creature. Yeah. Because that's going to be your commander. And therefore, it's not... I mean, how often have you played Sword of Feast and Famine where you haven't been able to find that spot to play it and attack and get... Like, I've literally... I don't think I've ever had Sword of Feast and Famine in a game (laughs) where I've been like, crap, I can't play this and hit somebody. You won't hit, yeah. You always can find a spot. And then now, hey, listen, they may destroy it. They may... Remove the creature in response, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But in general... Even the remove the creature in response, you can usually see coming and pick your spot. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times you don't untap with it and you don't win the game because of it. But yeah, I mean... It's a good one. I I just don't see picking it over Lightning Graves at all. But but that's you know that jo- Jimmy. I love it, Jimmy. Why- Josh will yeah. take. It. I don't see, see I don't see picking Skull Clamp over well, this. Mm, <laughs> I, I, I'll take cards over mana any day. I do like Jimmy's thinking here because um, I thought about the same thing about replacement effect for a card, and I think Skull Clamp mm-hmm. and Sword Feast of Fan both fit the bill of like. There aren't a lot of cards that do what those two cards do. They're yeah. very unique, mm-hmm. right? If you want the 
alternate version of Skull Clamp, what is it? If you want the alternate version of Sword and Feast and Famine, what is it? There are some things, but they're very far away when you break it down of what those two cards do. So I like yeah. both of your picks for that reason. I think they're, they're both and smart. And also because it means you get lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's go to well, pick number three. three. And four here. Yeah, this snake is, draft. So we're going to finish round one for, for Josh's first pick here, and then we'll go to Josh's second pick in round two. Okay, so my first pick is Lightning Greaves. Uh-huh. And this was number one on your list. Yes, I actually had it as number one overall, and to be fair, I had Sword of Feast and Famine number two and Skull Clam number three. There you so go. we weren't yeah. that far away. I think the farthest away we probably are is Sword I think of we actually, Famine. I had the same top three as well. I went Sword, Lightning, then Skull Clamp, and yours is probably the most different. Yeah. Do you not have I mean, Sword of Feast and Famine in your top three? No, Sword of Feast and Famine's my Oh, third. we all have the we same three. It's the same top three. They're just in a slightly different order. Yeah, okay. I think like Sword of Feast and Famine is the best sort of this and that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By far. I just feel like Commander has gotten to a point where Sword of This and That's don't always feel they don't feel like what they once felt like yeah gotcha. um so i didn't value it as highly as you two did i also knew that one of you would take it first pick so i was kind of like eh, i'm not going to take it first and one of you are going to take it so I i'm see. not going to have access to yeah it. so yeah, i just yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. i just sort of threw it on the list and that's well that's not list. very far off like he yeah. had it second you have, yeah you had a second, had a second i had a second and you had a third so we're yeah. actually pretty close yeah so so i had it first i had lightning greaves oh and gotcha. you both had but why had lightning greaves first josh yeah yeah, okay. So Lightning Greaves, and I don't like protection cards that much. Um, haste, though. Haste for zero? Yeah, and that's haste the for thing. Zero, yeah. the z- it's the zero cost, the haste for zero, that really puts Lightning Greaves into the category of, like, and I think it's similar to what we were talking about with Skull Clamp, where Lightning Greaves is never the best card in your deck, almost never. Um, but it's average. It's very hard for it to be bad. Yeah. It's it also always makes almost it, every card in your deck better. Yeah. It's a it's it's like never going to be below a B plus. Mm-hmm. It may never be an A plus, but it's never going to be a C either. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Skull Clamp, I think, can be a C, and I think may, maybe not, maybe yeah. like a B. <laughs> no. uh, sort of feast and famine again. It can be a little better or worse, like if you're yeah. in a spells deck or whatever. But I think Lightning Greaves is just always useful. And then yeah, it the ability to put it on something, give that thing haste, then slide it back over, protect your commander, have these little windows where yeah, you're a little vulnerable, but you can look at open mana and things like that. Um, we are in the format now more than ever where like the commander is very important. You really don't want to lose it in almost any deck. Um, that protection piece is just, it's just like any deck you build, a lightning cruise could go in it and yeah. probably will make it better. Like there's probably not 63 other cards that are better than it for almost any commander. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, at lightning greaves was like, I was almost lightning greaves one skull clamp two. Um, like I, if Lightning Greaves was a two mana equipment that said pay zero, give something haste, still great. It still like goes in a lot of decks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I yeah, jealous. But <laughs> yeah. it wasn't gonna come pick six. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, you weren't gonna get it if you didn't pick it, pick it number one. Yeah. The one right. downside I'll say is the shroud over the hexproof. Agreed. There so, are a yeah. Fr- yeah. certain amount of decks that like don't want it as much like an aura based deck or things like that, but yeah. still. Yeah. Even uh, then, you can usually like slide it over, cast the thing, back, slide it back. back. You yeah, just need yeah. two creatures. Like you can get around it. All right. That concludes round one. We all had the same equipment for the top three, but this is where things get a little messy. We're all <laughs> over the place after three. So, Josh, you are going first in round two because we are snaking back. What is your pick? Two. I just want to note real quick that the really great thing about picking greaves there is I could cross with foot boots. Yeah, out you don't have to take I boots know. for later, which I didn't. I I don't know. I didn't have it super high, but yeah. Okay. Uh, so for pick number four in the mm-hmm. draft, my first pick of round two, 
I am going to take Shadow Spear. Shadow mm. Spear. Very nice. This yeah. card's awesome. This is a card I just find myself playing more and more. It's another, like, could go in any deck. Um, Maybe we should read this one, because I feel like the other cards sure. everyone knows oh, by yeah. heart. That's okay. true. <laughs> Shadow Spear, one mana equipment, two to equip. It says equip creature gets plus one, plus one, and has uh, lifelink and trample. trample. I'm, like, looking at the thing. I I'm know, like, yeah, it's really, trample, right? It's really little in yeah. here. <laughs> uh, and then you can, this is really important, you can pay one. Colon, permanence your opponent's control, lose hexproof, and indestructible until end of turn. Equip cost two. Ugh, that activated ability on Shadow Spear gets people. Oh, it's real good. It's so good. But even just plus one, plus one trample lifelink, like that's locks it on Warhammer levels. Lifelink, I found, is more and more relevant nowadays than it was before for whatever reasons, but it's so good. And this is kind of a win con too, because trample again helping you get damage through. Maybe why I also value feast and famine so high is because pro black and green sometimes means that's the only way you can kill someone. Mm. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that for feast and famine, but I think the protection on all the swords is underrated. The protection uh, is a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah. But back to shadow spear. Yeah, yeah. I I think the thing that makes this card great is that it has something for a lot of different scenarios in the game, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So lifelink will keep me alive. Incidental life gain just tends to be good. I don't usually tend to like decks that have a ton of it unless there's synergy. Like I don't want just life gain for the sake of it. Yeah. But you often find yourself in games where you're like, I'm at seven. It would be really nice to be able to gain five life here, but I'm not a life gain deck. This just gives you the ability, even if I have to throw a creature away, sometimes that will cause you to win a game because it just takes off the ability for them to attack you for lethal or whatever. Uh, the trample, like Jimmy said, is in a different scenario where I just need to punch in a little bit of damage. So mm -hmm. I'm not the one at seven, somebody else is. Mm. And under normal circumstances, I don't have an evasion-based deck or whatever. I can just get a win in a way that my deck's not really built to with a card that's doing other things. So it's not like I put a trample card in my deck. I just happen right. to have that ability because of this card right now to like punch in for that four damage I need against Jimmy where, you know, he would just chump block otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, that that really important mode of takeaway hexproof and indestructible is in more controlly situation where like I just need to lengthen this game so that I can get back into it or there's a board wipe that happened. They heroic interventions. Oh, man. Um, Anti-heroic interventions. Yeah. <laughs> Join us. Yeah. Your stuff's going too. And people rely on indestructible a decent amount and mm -hmm. hexproof and things like that. So, you know, against the Narset decks and things like that, it, it, it just really is like enough good in different categories that it all adds up to like, this is just... And one it's to one cast. Mana. Yeah, one, one to, to cast. activate. One mana. Yeah. It's not very... It's, it's a very low opportunity cost to play it. Yeah. Notably, not very good against Lightning Greaves. Can't take Shroud. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> very good. In this oh, mythical look. land where these are the only uh, equipment yeah. Yeah. that we have, I feel good having those two because neither of you have the one card that's good against Shadow Spear. <laughs> I have it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, we're up to pick number five. Uh, I'm pick number five because I didn't get Lightning Greaves. I'm choosing the worst version of Lightning Greaves. I'm taking Swiftfoot Boots as number two. Ah. Swiftfoot Boots. So, yeah, this is, again was a lot of my decision about whether or not to take Lightning Greaves first versus to Sword of the Feast and Famine, and I felt if I don't take Sword of the Feast and Famine, I'm definitely going to lose it. And if I and if I take Sword of the Feast and Famine, I can still grab a Swiftfoot Boots on the way out. Mm -hmm. This was my mm -hmm. first. Now, Lightning Greaves existed when I first started playing Magic, as as did Swiftfoot Boots. But Swiftfoot Boots was the first one I was introduced to, and I just thought this card was like unbeatable for so many reasons. I played like a Kali of the Vast deck. I was like, sweet, I can swing with like Commander. I think the equip cost of one is great, but just Hexproof and Haste is basically Lightning Greaves. Now, equip cost zero is clearly better, but I think it's still a two-mana equipment. It's still very, very good. And it, again, this goes in pretty much 
any commander deck that you would want, you can find a spot for this, I think. Yeah. I'm swift. I'm a Yeah, swift it's like 80% as good as Lightning Grooves, right? Like, it yeah. is... Like, it's, it's right it's around It's pretty there. close. It's not... Yeah. Although, yeah. there, I will say, there will always be a situation where Lightning Greaves looks just unbeatably good next to Swiftfoot Boots. Yeah. When your opponent's doing yeah. the switch, 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 switch. In the, like, when times. they have mana dorks that they can yeah, give they haste to. Yeah, mana dorks, they can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still really like Swiftfoot Boots because I think equip cost one is very good. And again, you're going to put this in pretty much any deck and never be that unhappy with it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of decks run both. Yeah. So if you really want to protect your commander, a lot of times you are running both of these cards. Yep. If you have that kind of commander where you're like, I need it on the battlefield or my deck does not work, mm-hmm. I think you absolutely run both of these, especially if you're not in like blue or white where the protection comes easy. Yeah. The haste is quite a bit better or quite a bit worse at the one cost point just because you're basically adding one cost to the creature you played to give it haste. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of on rate for haste. Uh, usually like a 4-4 four, four yeah, will like cost a 4 simple. mana, but if it's got haste, it costs 5 mana. Five, yeah. And that's kind of how they balance things, so yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So that is my uh, second choice. Wow, I can't believe I've only gotten two choices so far. But I've got it all now. I've got the protection, and I've got... Well, I guess they're both kind of protection. <laughs> 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 but I've got the unbeatable Sword of Feast, Sword of Feast and Famine. Well, it's beatable too. And Swift Boots. I Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh... Boy, uh, I am so excited to do two in a row. It's so it's, it's it really, feels good. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. I just did it, and I like, like okay, it. Okay, there's big that. Uh, no, this is my round two pick. I have one. Um, what are you gonna take? It's pick number six overall, pick, right? Pick number yeah. six overall, and I think I think I am not allowed to get out of this draft without taking a sort of the Animist. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, I. Okay. This is tough be- between Sword of the Animus and Sword of Hearth and Home. I think because Sword of the Animus is two mana and it's ramp, it's also more innocuous than Sword of Hearth and Home. Yeah, I've so, seen games just this six around the entire time. And you just keep it's like six getting lands. lands. Yeah. I, I played a lot of games where it's just like Sword of the Animus is like puts you on its back and carries you right. the whole game. Right. Play a lot of mono white where this is exactly the kind of ramp that I want. And sort of hearth and home, the extra three mana for ramp, even with the extra value makes it slightly worse in this kind of slot. I, I think. See. Yeah. So I'm going sort of the animist for my pick two. This might be the biggest gap we've had. I have sort of the animist as my 13th pick. I have it as my eighth pick. I, play a lot more white than you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just think there's enough ramp yeah. ways now, even in white. Yeah. I also, um, we'll get to this later because I think there's a card I'm going to get kind of, well, if we get to it. Um, yeah, that's the thing is they do go. There's a very similar a... card that I actually like better. Uh, but I found sort of the Animus to be like, fine, I think it's good. It's still my 13th overall mm. uh, thing, but it does tend to be kind of bad when you draw it late. And you really want to have it like turn four or something because the game's just not likely to go on long enough mm-hmm. if you draw it on turn eight to get the value out of it. And the plus one, plus one is not enough. Um, when uh, when I'm playing white decks and when I'm playing a, an equipment package like this, yeah. when I'm playing like the Mask of Memories and, and Sword of the Animus and that kind of thing, I am always running the two mana equipment tutor. That's like a sorcery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not as or there's the a one or mana the, steel shaper. There's a gift. one steel shaper's gift was like twenty five bucks for a long time, mm-hmm. and I did not. I'm not spending twenty five dollars to go find an <laughs> equipment. So I w- I would spend the two. Ma- I would do the two mana one a lot, and it w- it's always sort of the animus first, and it's always mask of memory if you already have some way to ah, rank. Okay, 
Um, Does, is this foreshadowing what your next pick's going to be? Because you you do get pick number seven. I That's also right. get pick number seven, which will begin round three. But before we get into oh. round three, oh, teaser. <laughs> <laughs> We are gonna uh, we're gonna move through round three and finish out the draft after a few words from our sponsors. How's it, everyone? We are very excited to announce the Kickstarter for our brand new Game Nights themed playmat. This is our brand new design, and we are calling it Go to Combat. We have amazing art by Diana Franco Campos. It features four knights, each embodying a different color and style of play. The art I really like. It yeah. looks amazing. So there are three different tiers that you can pledge at for this campaign. So the basic attack tier is where you're going to get just the playmat. The second tier is called the Exert tier, and that's where you get the playmat but it's signed by Jimmy and myself. And then our highest tier is the math is for blockers tier. That's your tier, Jimmy. It is, this one's mine. <laughs> so you're going to get the coolest version of this playmat, which is the signed hollow foil playmat. Yeah, it looks really sweet. And we're also going to provide these metal tokens, a knight, monarch, and food token that feature art from our hero series. So check out the Kickstarter page for specifics, information about the tiers. As always, the Kickstarter is for a limited time. So this is your best chance to get your hands on it. Don't wait. Don't wait till the Kickstarter is over get down there figure out what you want to pledge for and lock it in thanks again everybody and thank you so much for supporting our content we really appreciate it peace you browsing for some new tech yeah i'm building team out architect Ooh, how about zergo and ojitai did you just drag and drop that card image directly into your deck yep with architect you can drag and drop card images from edh rec or scryfall directly into the deck list no typing required that is so cool Ooh, okay check this out i'm gonna drag and drop dragon storm into the deck and then boom i'm gonna drop a bunch of dragons on the battlefield a nine drop huh seems ambitious it was just for the pun Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. And welcome back here to sunny Los Angeles, California at the command zone center. The Let's crowd, pass crowd it now <laughs> to our commissioner, uh, Jimmy Wong. All right, everybody. Uh, first day as commissioner feels great. <laughs> um, we are now in round three. Just to give a quick recap, Josh Lee Kwai takes Lightning Greaves. Oh, actually, we can start with Rachel. Rachel takes Skull Clamp first. Jimmy takes Sword of Feast and Famine. Josh takes Lightning Greaves, followed up by Josh taking Shadow, Shadow Spear. Spear. Uh, Jimmy taking Swiftfoot Boots, and then Rachel rounding things out with a Sword of the Animist. Too early, it turns out. We have rounds three, four, and five. That means three more cards for each of our esteemed drafters here today. Rachel, you just had the draft pick in round two. It's time for you to go once more in round three. All right. And with the seventh pick in the (laughs) 2023 (laughs) Command Zone Equipment Draft, Rachel Weeks, go birds. Go birds! (laughs) Selects. I'm going to go with the reality chip. Whoa! I'm going to take it. I reality I know I, I spoiled Mask of Memory, but uh, and I love it. And honestly, I'll probably lose it because of this pick. But um, Rachel has went ahead and taken the first colored yeah, equipment in the draft here. Oh, I love the reality chip, oh but I thought God. it would go a little later because no. of the color. No, nope. it's good. It's yeah. I had no too, chance at it. But. It's so powerful. Reality chip is is the kind of card that is good whether it's equipped and is great when it's equipped. Yeah. Um, 
like the amount of information that you get from just having a two mana zero four in play that shows you the top of your library yeah. is like when to crack a clue, when to play a fetch, when to right. when to cast your draw spell, when you know that you're going to have protection coming up. It even when it's not equipped and you can't cast spells off the top of your library. Uh, which I probably should read this card. Uh, speaking of text. the reality chip is one in a blue for a legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime. As long as the reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. Reconfigure two and a blue. Naturally, it is a zero four. Uh, so it's two mana just to look, and then it's five mana altogether to ha- start being able to cast spells off the top of your library. Um, I just keep putting in more decks. I just get that, like I just keep blue in it, notably. Yeah, yeah, blue, of yeah. course. But like, I just like every time I have it, I'm like, I'm so glad I had it, and yeah. uh, I I'm keeping my jellyfish in the on the team. All right, that, Card, card's incredible. Yeah, it's I put so good. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I just. I just keep putting index the same way. Yeah. It's I think people read this card and they think or cards like this and they think of it in terms of like it'll give me an extra card per turn. But the thing about casting cards off the top of your library and you can play cards, right? This is you a play, play land. card. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is you actually will often get in fact, especially with reality ship where you can play lands, two plus cards per turn because you cast the next card and if the next card is a card you cast, you cast that. And then the yeah. next card. So sometimes you're just like, I'll just cast the three cards off the top of my library. That's the equivalent of drawing three cards from this thing in one turn. Mm. Yeah. So even with Pretty no cool. real synergy of top deck manipulation or caring about that, which I agree is important, um, you can get a lot more value than it looks like when you read the card. I also think the fact that it's a creature on its own is actually a little bit underrated because it can hold a sort of feast of famine or it can hold, you know, yeah, something it does else. Yeah. yeah, I've actually found myself using it as a creature sometimes. Oh, interesting, um, right. Yeah, it can yeah. block a thing. It's like two mana zero yeah. for like this is a free block on professional face breakers. Yep. This is a free blocks on on like Grim Hirelings. Ragavan. Ragavan. These are just like having a little creature that can block and gives you additional value mm-hmm. goes a really, really long way in Commander right now. And I'm probably gonna lose my mask, which is, will make me sad. But um <laughs> gotta gotta have the jellyfish. Yeah, I love I love this pick. I am sad. It's a good one. I might get it. Yeah, nope. th- th- I was, it was hard for me to weigh the colored thing. How, where did you have it, Jimmy? Did you? Uh, I actually didn't have it, have it on my list. I have wow. another colored one on here that's a white equipment mm-hmm. that also has reconfigure, and that was my oh, sort of reality chip yeah. uh, replacement. Yeah, which is a good, a good card as well. That's yeah. That might be our biggest gap then because it's undefined. We don't know yeah. where you would have put it. Yeah. Brian's actually sitting at home, and the whole family's waiting by the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all being like, did you, you the, hear what he said? They got he the said hat something? lined up. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Rachel Josh hat. <laughs> yeah. The Jimmy hat just got pushed to the front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's right around that phone. They're ready. Line Sorry, line says you're not on my list. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, for my round three pick i'm going to go ahead and it's it's in the list in this order so i'm gonna stick to my order it is gonna be commander's plate Ooh. Wow. yeah so it's a little redundant with sword and feast of Man, Yeah, i'm surprised you didn't on. audible out of it yeah i could have audible out of it but i think given my position i will still be fine to get the card i want next <laughs> by <laughs> the time it gets there um so yeah i, re- I really like commander's play obviously in modern color decks this is just insane equipped creature gets plus three plus three and has protection from each color that's not in your com- commander's color identity i play a lot of mono red decks uh I play less colors in general. I'm usually a two-color player. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Commander's Play is one of those cards that I just really like for that reason. Yeah, equip your Commander for three. Equip any other creature for five. That's a little expensive, but it only costs one to play. Yeah. 
Can be one of those win the game situations as well. Can also just be this thing is never going to get touched by anything for the rest of the game. Um, and I like that. So it's I didn't value Sword and Feast of Fam for the protection from black and green, but I do value Commander's Plate more for its protection from sometimes four colors, if that makes sense. It makes sense with your playstyle too, because you often are going to be playing like a some sort of big beefy thing that yeah. that is an evasion, right? Like mm. putting yeah, Commander's totally. Plate on it is protection, yes, but it also is like this player cannot block this. And that means if I can make this big enough, this will kill them. That feels like a very Jimmy. Or put them in a position where all of a sudden they have to make fundamentally different decisions for the rest of the game. Because yeah. now they're at 15 and they go, oh, I can no longer just do the thing I wanted to do. I ran Commander's Plate in my Mangara deck, which oh, is a 2-4 okay. with lifelink, yeah. Yeah. which doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's great protection for Mangara, and it turns him into a 3-7... Block no, anything forever. Like, no, Nullish more Norn than stats. that. No, 5-7... <laughs> Uh, yeah. block anything lifelink and it just slowly beat people down it, i was just like this isn't really a voltron deck but uh it puts in a lot of work and it's yeah. great protection when it goes it goes yeah. i did not have commander where did you have commander's flight i had it fairly Rachel. low i did think about um drafting it a little bit higher because i don't have greaves or swift boots it's interesting because on my list i said if i don't get greaves or boots then maybe commander's Plate. oh interesting. yeah I, I value the haste more than I value sure. the protection. Right. I, I'm not the kind of player that I don't play a lot of like you can't touch my stuff decks because I, I play in a more low interaction play group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it's mostly the buff and the evasion in like where I play typically. So I don't value it quite as highly as that. That's interesting. I think I value the protection the most out of those other two, but I like the haste as a, yeah. as gravy. You're saying I like the protection as gravy, but I value the haste. The haste, yeah, yeah. 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 That's funny. Yeah, either way, it's all the creatures the already are have yeah, yeah. haste thanks yeah. to Urbrask, thanks. so I'm okay. <laughs> 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 all right, Josh. Round three pick. Okay, this two is interesting. Good, I yeah. get two in a row again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You always get two in a row. Uh, when you're the last when pick in the round. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah, yeah. for the last, last pick of the whole draft. Okay. I'm thinking about audibling a little here. I'm definitely going to take my... I had this at number five, so getting it here, I'm feeling pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, is Sword of Hearth and Home. Ah, yeah. 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 They actually had this quite a ways above Sword of the Animist, and I think they're similar cards, so I found it interesting that we just evaluate the cards a little bit differently. I think that functionally the card's very similar. It's going to... It's going to come out a little bit later. It's a full mana difference mm. between Sword of the Animus yeah. to equip. It gives a bigger boost, and also it gives protection from two colors, so you're just likely to get in on somebody a little bit more. And then that blink is very powerful, and in the decks it's good in. It's great. It's going to be really good. And there's very few decks anymore that don't have some ETB creatures, uh, so... I don't think you can quite make the... It's probably closer to Skull Clamp in the amount of decks that it's going to be relevant to yeah. than it is to sort of Visa Vam or something like that, in my mind. Uh, but there's all kinds of also additional uses for it. And I had this happen to me on Game Nights, right? Somebody steals your creature, blink it back to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a thing you can do with this card. Um, so I, I like it adding up to having a... It's actually more versatile, I think, than it looks. And just getting the land... Yeah, on untapped. top of everything else. Yeah, exactly. Which is it, gravy. Yeah, it's an untapped land. So maybe it kind of is close to Sword of the Animist if you think about it in those terms. Mm-hmm. Again, you'd have to be able to use that mana to really, I don't know. I just like it, and I think that they are filling similar roles, right? They're both, okay. essentially, you're playing it for the ramp, but yeah. you have all this other sort of additional gravy thrown in with this card. Yeah, I uh, Sword of the Hearth and Home, of Hearth and Home is great. I like... It, it, for me, it's a it's a coin toss for with sort of the animist. It's like if I have blink synergies, then I'm running sort of hearth and home. Um, but 
they both done a ton of work for me. So I agree with this one. Go Where did you all have it on your list? Curiosity. Mine was like tw- uh, 14th or something. Oh, wow. It wasn't I even on eight. my list. I just haven't, I, every time I play with it, I've had the, ah, uh, doesn't do as much as I want. I'd rather have sort of the animist. I'd rather have, you know, bl- uh, what's the bitter thorn Nissa's animist one? Yeah, the, the living. Living weapon. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Bitter thorn Nissa's animus. That's the living weapon one mm. where three mana becomes with a body. Yeah. Okay. You got another pick in a row. Yeah, yes. we are going into round four here. Josh will start us off. Two more we're picks left up, for everybody. Yeah, we're wrapping up this draft. We're going to try Ooh, and round out boy. some of the synergies that maybe we don't have yet. Try and make this feel like we got equipment that can cover everything. Or I am. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> okay, so my next one I think is Skull Clamp Powerful, but it's narrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Sunforger. Sunforger. Yeah. This wasn't even on my list because of the color requirement. Yep. It's very specific. Uh, there's something you mentioned about Commander's Plate, Jimmy, which you said you're mostly yeah. a two-color player, and I'm mostly like a, you know. Five color. Five or <laughs> more if I can. Yeah, not more than five. <laughs> Three or more if I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is maybe another reason why Commander's Plate wasn't high on my list, because I'm looking at it going, well, I don't get protection. Yeah, from yeah right. Protection right. from green, sure. <laughs> but I don't play a ton of Boros, but I do... White. Yeah, but I do tend to have decks that have enough red and white, and I like to run a Sunforger package when I do. And like you were saying, white has the equipment tutors. Right. And if you're playing Sunforger, that's a deck where you're saying it's okay to tutor, right? Like, I don't, all, not all my decks say that's okay. It just depends on the pot and what mm-hmm. the rule zero is. But mm-hmm. I like to have a Sunforger available to me in my collection for th- those decks in those moments. Because I think it's a card that only goes in pretty powerful decks. Because uh, by nature, it is a tutor on a stick. Yeah. But wow, once you get it going, oh. yep. you feel so good. You're like, oh, I need a counterspell? Lapse of certainty. I need a Teferi's protection? Got I got it. it. Mm-hmm. Like, I need a removal spell? Swords of Plowshares yep. or Boris Charm or something. Like, you just have supreme flexibility yeah i there's very few equipment that are more fun to play than sunforger in my opinion i love a toolbox style deck and it wasn't even on my list because of the restriction and i don't play in a tutor heavy play group but it is it is a fun card yeah power level wise it makes a lot of sense um i'm generally in agreement i hate seeing sunforger out with open mana it's <laughs> yeah, you just can't do You're anything. Like, ah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> they will have an answer. Yeah, it's also, it's also this incidental huge buff. Oh like, yeah, oh, what is yeah. it? It's plus like plus four. four. Yeah. Plus it also, four you plus just zero. smack them hard. It's just you've got enormous, it. yeah. and yeah. you're like, I can't really touch it because they can just do anything. <laughs> 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 All right, round four pick to you, Jimmy. All right, this one is gonna be sorry, Rachel. I'm taking it right away from you, but it's gonna be Mask of Memory. So close. It was my next pick as well. Yeah. So close. I timed it. I timed it. You but timed I, guess, it I guess no one wanted Commander's Plate, so it didn't really matter. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Mask of Memory is a two-man equipment for equip one. Whenever equip creature deals combat damage player, you may draw two cards. If you do, discard the card. The best part about this is it's optional. You don't have to draw the two cards. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's yeah. not optional. <laughs> not optional. Uh, ignore the May. Uh, so yeah, draw two, discard one, equip cost one. I'm always amazed. Every time I play Mask of Memory, I'm like, okay, how much? Oh, wait, <laughs> the equip cost is just one. It's Swift of Boots level. Um, so this is just a way to add card draw to literally any single deck in the history of Commander. That's yep. it. No, it's great. I, Mask of Memory is awesome. It's really, really good in white decks where you can like use your graveyard really well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The discard synergy instant too. sorcery stuff where you can totally. pitch flashback cards. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah I, like I love Mask of Memory. I play it a lot. I think the only knock on it is it, it doesn't give a buff to the creature or any sort of evasion. Yeah. So if you don't have an attack, then it will do literal nothing. So its floor is an F. 
because there are times and yeah. I think we've all been there where I don't have a good attack so this isn't going to do anything. However, if you're putting Massive Memory in your deck, you probably need to be an evasion or attacky deck. Yeah. In which case, in those circumstances, like if your commander flies or something, it can just go in there because you're going to be able to get in on somebody. Yeah, that's a good point. Having a flying commander in Massive Memory is you're just going to keep the gravy train a-rolling. Yeah. And you don't <laughs> have to have that. You just need to yeah. You just need to know, like, sort of Feast of Famine, I think, can go in a spell-style deck with Mizzix at the yeah, yeah, helm, yeah, right? Yeah. Because, whatever, I just put it on there, I swing, I get my things. But Mass Memory can't go in that deck because you're not going to get in with any swings. Yep. Yeah. You're also in blue. You got easier ways to draw. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe another reason why. Well, yeah. no, I had it the same pick as you. Yeah. What pick are we on? Uh, uh, we have pick this is round four. four. Uh, pick four. Yeah. I'll yeah, one, two, I don't know. We all have pick one 10, pick you, remaining yeah. here. Well, so this is pick 12. Yeah, this is the end of round four, so it would be pick 12. So, all right, Rachel, what you got? I stole your mask. You stole my mask. Masks off. That's okay. I got plenty of card draw going on. Uh, my next pick is going to fill up this haste gap, and it's with a sleeper and a new card. It's Sting, the Glinton's oh, Dagger. Sting. I was thinking about adding Sting. It is two mana for a legendary equipment. Uh, the equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has haste. At the beginning of each combat, untap equipped creature. Equipped creature has first strike as long as it's blocking or blocked by a goblin or orc. Okay, equipped very relevant. Two. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, haste is obviously incredibly relevant in Commander. Equipped two is a lot but you get a ton of value here and it does go in a lot of decks if you're yeah. in any if your commander has a tap ability if your commander has an untap ability or is a good blocker this just does what you need it to do without having like thornbite staff level like red right. flags <laughs> where like i i think people ran thornbite staff because they just wanted to untap their commander every so often yeah and but it's this crazy combo piece that it just gets removed and yeah. i think sting does exactly what you want it to it's do cheaper, in too. those kind of decks. Mana. Yeah, two mana to, to cast, two mana to equip, plus gives that haste. Uh, happy to have it. Doesn't even need to be under commander. Any of your creatures that have tap abilities is straight on. Yeah. Put on your royal assassin, you know. It's cool because it's every combat. I think people forget yeah. when things say every combat, how much, like, unnatural growth, those type effects that buff your creatures every combat, or Zapandrel, like, it, it catches people by surprise. Like, oh my gosh, wait, again? Yeah, every single combat. Yeah. So this is like in my Beamtown Bullies deck. It's insane. Oh, it's so good in Beamtown Bullies, and you don't even think about it. Like, if, you're, if your commander has a tap ability, you should look at this card again. Because uh, yeah. it's, especially if you're not Felden in... of the third deck. Nearly in, the best card in your deck. Yeah, yeah. if you're not in yeah. green, like, for Seedborn Muse, or you're not... In, and you have to play like, white for, for Drumbellower or something. <laughs> yeah, people run Seaborn Muse and Atla Polani, and you're like, yeah. know, like it seems like such a huge answer to such a small problem that Sting can answer. So, um, I like Sting a lot. I like it. I also like cards that get better over the course of Magic's history. Yeah. No matter what, there will be more commanders and cards that tap to do stuff in the future, and Sting just looks great in all the scenarios. Yeah. So... Because these are the only equipment I'm playing. <laughs> I'm a little sad because my tap abilities deck. Yeah, I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's okay. You have lightning Greek. So to be fair, yeah, I didn't have Sting on my list, but uh, the more you talk about, it, the more I wish I did. It's, it's really, a, it's a sweet, really card. good. It's, it's a, a very card. Josh card. Yeah, untap yeah, on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The more you talked about, it, I was like, I should, I really should have had it somewhere. <laughs> uh, I only went up to 15, so I'm just gonna 16 Sting. Sting. Yeah, yeah. I thought of that. Dang you, Rachel! You took <laughs> my 16th pick. Ah, oh, rough. <laughs> Every sting you take. Okay, round five. It Rachel, is you get another pick. Round five, and it is my final pick here. I man, this is actually really. <laughs> 
It's actually really tough. Well, let's let's review what you picked so far. Yeah, so on my list right now is Skull Clamp, Sword of the Animist, The Reality Chip, and Sting the Glinting Dagger. I've got a lot of card draw. I've got a ramp piece. I've got a haste enabler. Uh, I Notably, I do have one colored equipment in blue. Right. And I feel like I'm going to take another, if I'm honest. Ooh, um, is, uh-oh. Is yeah. it a white one? No. It's not. I got real nervous. It's fine. <laughs> what? Who it's plays, great. Who plays Graveyard Hates? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I was really, really tempted to pick up Basilisk Collar here. I like that card Ooh, a lot. Okay, yeah. But what I'm really missing is a little bit of that protection and that evasion. And I... I'm going to add winged boots to my list. Do you all know this one? Yep. Yep. One in blue for an artifact equipment. Equip creature has flying and ward four. (laughs) Equip one. That's ridiculous. Equip one. Yes. Uh, I value evasion really highly. Flying is like one of the key strategies that I like to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Go birds. And this this just turns so many cards on. It makes so many cards way way better. And Ward Four is basically hexproof. Yeah. Uh, so, are you saying that your birds don't even have wings? They just have boots. Yeah, they're wearing wings? boots. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to flap their wings. Yeah, just they're, they're you, tired. I would know you also had Traveler's Boots on here. That's kind of evasion as well, giving yeah. basic lamb walk. I wrote Trailblazer's Boots on on my list and. I put it pretty highly because I do like the evasion on them, but the fact that it doesn't do anything else right. means it's often redundant. Yeah. Um, if you're playing a lot of flyers or if you have another piece of evasion on it, yeah. uh, it doesn't always do exactly what I want it to do. It basically says unblockable, but so does flying. Okay. So those are my five. Nice. That Very good. Which I had that sort of written down as in what I thought is an underrated uh, card. It's great. Didn't, it didn't actually make my list, but I was like, this card's underrated. Yeah. Every time yeah. I've seen it hit the field, it is very similar to Hexproof. Yeah. You're like, well, And they're also like suddenly <laughs> smacking you with something that you can't block now. Right. Right. So, yeah. And you're like, right. ugh, that 8 8 is not supposed to fly. Yeah. And you're like, he's wearing big old. I didn't see shoes. that coming. Like, I wasn't ready for that. I was yeah. thought it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to have it. All right, Jimmy, your final pick. So I'm amazed thinking, looking at all of these now, outside of, I think, Shadow Spear, there are really no equipment that deal with what your opponents are doing. They're all just like, buff my own thing, flicker my own stuff, right? Oh, no, you've got a Sunforger. No, no. Well, I guess Sunforger makes sense. But I'm going to go back to the the one that we talked about earlier. I'm going to take a Lion Sash as my final pick. Wow. One and a white for a 1-1 creature equipment cat. It's a cat. It's got reconfigure for two, so you can put it onto a uh, creature as an equipment, and when that creature dies, it becomes the cat again. Uh, you pay one white man to exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a permanent card, put a 1-1 counter on Lion Sash. An equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each plus one, plus one counter on Lion Sash. So this is just graveyard hate uh, for a pretty cheap cost. I really like Scavenging Ooze as a card, and I think Lion Sash does it one better. Yeah, for sure. Because um, yeah. you get if it is a permanent, you get 1-1 counters. I think Scavenging Ooze only cares about creatures specifically yep. and again it can make a creature really really big and i've seen line sashes that just take the whole game and go haha screw you strategy mm-hmm. and really just mess with other people's decks because they cannot do anything in response to an instant speed exile from a graveyard and it's got upside makes a creature bigger makes line sash bigger yeah it's the type of card that you'll win a game 
and you don't even really know because the opponent didn't tell you the whole time, but they like haven't been able to play like half their cards because of right. lines. Yeah, because they're like, well, if I go to target cards. that, he's going to do this, or yeah. uh, and I can't do that, and if I cast this, he's just going to exile that. Yeah, I wish it was uh, colorless to activate. <laughs> that would be uh, a and it might crazy, be because because you play so many colors. Yeah, and it also might be like I uh, when I play white, it's usually my second or support color. Right, right I don't right. play a lot of like white heavy decks, and so I often find myself with Lion Sash and having a hard time holding more than like a mana open for it. Yeah, and that you know makes it a little tougher. People have been able to be like target you exile, sure, cool target on top mm-hmm. of that, and I'm like crap, I'm out of white. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but the card every time it hits the field, I'm like that card's doing a lot better a than lot I would work. think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> two players that just started sweating profusely for some reason. <laughs> Did you have it on your list, Rachel? I didn't. No. Yeah, <gasps> I had it in my honorable mentions, which it's great. Would be my unofficial like 19th pick, maybe. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, I. But don't, we're at pick 15 or I think 14. It's possible so. that I just don't think of it as an equipment. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a creature. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's, it's an just like cat. it's a, yeah. it's a scavenging. Is, it's a really good point. Reality chip. I do think of as equipment because when it's equipped, it has an additional ability. But lion sash. Yeah. When it's equipped, you, it just makes it bigger. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, yeah, a lot of times you never even see equip anything. Yeah, it's a little board wipe protection, I guess, is why I would yeah. equip Lion Sash. Because when the creature dies, it just becomes the Lion Sash again. Creature, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, the Last final pick. pick. Final pick. It's hard because... You've got a lot of question marks. <laughs> it's hard. Well, I had... <laughs> One ma- question mark. I had a question mark, which was like, do yeah. I want to switch sure. Mask of Memory with this other card? Yeah. And then I like all four of the cards I still have on my list. So we're at the 15th pick and you, you two must have picked four cards that were off my list entirely to mm-hmm. leave room for these four cards. Yeah. I like them all and they could all be this is, pick. Is it now meta dependent based on what we picked? I think it's more meta dependent based on what I've got. Yeah. Yeah. So the two I've sort of got circled are Dousing Dagger and Umazawa Jite. Ooh, interesting. Which yeah. do very different things. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about Dowsing Dagger really quick because I actually like it better than Sword of the Animist. And let me break down some math for you here. Okay. You have to be able to hit with it. Yeah. That's number one. But you kind of have to be able to do that with Sword of the Animist. It gives plus two plus one. It's very similar. Equip costs are basically the same. On the turn, I hit with Dowsing Dagger if I can play it and hit. Sword of the Animist, play and hit. Sword of the Animist, you get a tapped land. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't hit, by the way, just about just for attack. Yeah, yeah that's true. Just for attack. Yeah. You just have to be able to swing freely and swing not freely. have everything yeah, back, yeah. basically. Yeah. You have to give two plants to somebody if they block. You can often make a deal. I'll give you the two plants. Let me hit you. you let once. me hit you once. Mm. You get an untapped thing that taps for three mana. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently up three mana on the Sword of the Animus player. Now on turn two, they untap their lands. They stack with Sword of the Animus. They use the one extra mana they've got. I've had six mana now to their one. Turn three, they hit again. They get a third land tapped. They use the two mana. They've used three mana. They've gotten three mana in the game so far, extra from their lands. I tap my thing. I've had nine extra mana than them. Turn four, they now have used six mana. I've got 12. Turn five, you see how this is going? You have to have sort of the animus in play. Now, there's that caveat of you have to be able to hit somebody. But if you can, then it's like seven turns before they've caught you with the amount of extra mana you've got in the game yeah. off Sword of the Animus from Dowsing Dagger. And you didn't have to attack each turn with the Dowsing Dagger. It's already transformed and done its thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you're yeah. a little bit vulnerable. They can remove the Lost Veil, I think. Yeah. But they can also remove the creature with Sword of the Animus, in which case you might have a hard time swinging in. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a thing that I was thinking of. But the problem is I've already got Sword of Hearth and Home. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So I really don't think in my collection, if these are the only equipment I'm ever going to have, that I need another get me more mana card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sword of Feast and Famine I thought was the best of them. Sword of Hearth and Home, this and then Sword of the Animus all filling that role. I've got one. So to Jimmy's point, I want to interact with my opponent's card. Sunforger I do have, but it's limited. I can't use it in all my decks. Umazawa's Jite, I think, good. is... 
the next card. And a card I used to think was not good in Commander. I think there are probably yeah. in our first 40 or 50 episodes, Jimmy, we might have even mentioned Umazawa Jite as a card that was really okay. good in constructed formats yeah. and not good in Commander. We were wrong. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's incredibly good. It does a lot. Let me uh, read it here, and I wanna, I, I'm going to have to read it because it does a lot. Mm-hmm. It is two mana for an equipment, two to equipped. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, put two charge counters on Umazawa's Jite. Then you can remove a charge counter from it and choose one. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Target creature gets negative one, negative one until end of turn, or you gain two life. So if you swing and hit with it once... You can give ni- negative two to a creature. You can gain four life, or you can get plus four, plus four or on some. a creature, or combinations thereof. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's similar to Shadow Spear a little bit in that, mm. like, any one of those things, eh, all of those things, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I just like cards that are good in different situations in the game. If I need to deal damage, this could help me do it. If yeah. I'm about to die, this can help save me. If that thing's a problem, I can kill it. Mm-hmm. And this card does all three of those things at a pretty cheap price. So maybe I just... It probably is about... I mean, obviously, card evaluation is about your yeah. play style and what you like. Yeah. But I probably just feel safe when I have cards like this, which is like, uh, whatever they're going to do, I probably have some way to mess with it a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it just comes up so often, too, where it's like, oh, if I block with this and give it minus one, minus one, you can kill it. So oh, now perfect. they just can't block. Now they can't block. Now they don't want to attack. And you're just adding extra math to everyone's head. And once you get that thing to like four or five counters, oh boy, it just can, it can literally do the same thing a Lion Sash can where people just go, well, I'm not going to play that creature because it can just get minus two, minus two instant speed the moment it drops and it will die. So I'm not going to play it. Something that people don't think about with Umizawa's Jit, uh, Jite, if you haven't played it against it in Constructed, is that it's combat damage. It doesn't say to player. It, you could do it on blocking. Oh, yeah. It's a good point. Um, yeah. So really good with first often strike. what happens is yeah, it's great with first strike. Often what happens is they'll uh, attack with it, deal damage, move it to another player, a creature that can block um, just to as a little rattlesnake type thing. Um, yeah, puts the counters on the GTA too. Yeah, so not even if you block yeah. with the thing and it dies, if it dealt damage, it will keep those counters. And the next time you put it on something, it has them. Yeah, and you can, you can still use the counters without it being equipped. equipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like line set. You can add uh, counters to an opponent's creature, right? Oh, Jimmy's yeah. a problem. Rachel has a flyer. She's, you know, so you know, I say... Two plus two or whatever. Yeah, cool. Uh, you swing in. I'll give it plus four, plus four. It really should have said activate only once per turn. I mean, yeah. let's be real. Oh, yeah. They I mean, messed the, up. The card is outrageous. <laughs> um, it's so, it's so, so good. And it's, it's one of those cards that like, it's, it could go in any deck. And I think as a result, it doesn't go in many decks. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of cards in commander that you're just like, like, do I put this in the equipment deck? I guess. Yeah. But there's it, it doesn't give you a ton of reason to put it in th- in a deck other than it just being like generally it does a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've I've had a, l- a lot of trouble placing Umizawa's Jite in decks because I'm just like yeah it could go in any deck, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> yeah, thus it will and remain in my binder. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think if you broke down our styles here, yeah, I tended towards how good something was on average mm-hmm. more than the two of you did. I'll, I'll, I'd say Sunforger is my one outlier in that yeah, um, right. category. Uh, but yeah, I felt like I was a little more, a little less willing. And I think this goes along with my personality to take a big downside on a card in exchange for a big upside. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whereas I think you and your styles and what I know of playing against you, um, you're probably a little more on the end of like, I'll take the big upside and then I just won't, put this in or build the deck that where it would be bad. 
Yeah, I tend to build towards synergy sort of regardless of what deck I'm playing. So I don't put a card in it unless uh, unless it has a high synergy. So I those like sort of middle cards end up getting cut from my decks a lot of the time. So I love something like Skull Clamp, but like when it's great, it's great. Yeah. Because I don't I need a reason to put it in the deck. Yeah. Other than it if it's just not great, I just like, won't put it in the deck at all. Yeah. Like uh, if it's fine, then like I, I would rather pick a card that is like highly synergistic with the rest of my deck. Yeah, I think I was much more aggressive with all my picks because it was like it's about combat damage, it's about getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, very or Jimmy. About, yeah, very much me. Um, so that I think makes the most sense for me. I, I'm sad I couldn't pick Masterwork of Ingenuity. I had that on my honorable mentions too. That's, yeah. Just as that's like an a, interesting. This is a limited meta, and I want everyone else's equipment. Yeah, <laughs> I, get, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I picked everything basically. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> question. Is like, what are the one? What is, what's the one card that? Uh, let's say hasn't been picked that you're saddest that you didn't wind up with. Mine's got to be Masterwork of Ingenuity yeah. or maybe Lucille because I think that card is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, too. Lucille, sweet. How about you, Rachel? <sighs> I had a list of honorable mentions. Yeah, so. I, ha- I have a, a list as w- a, like a long list. It just kind of keeps going. Um, but I think the, sad- the one I'm saddest to not have is Embercleave. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, that should on my list. Shoot. Because Embercleave is just the coolest card to cast. It's so much fun. <laughs> You're e- dead. Anytime. Bye-bye. I, I, like, I know everybody played in the mono-red era of, of Constructed where Embercleave just killed you constantly. Yeah. And it, I was cleaving. <laughs> you were the one, yeah, with the cleave. Yeah, you're so the, much the fun. one cleaving or being cleaved. Yeah, I'm but, a B-cleaved guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love putting players in the mo- in in Having to do Embercleave math like, every time. Where they're just like... If they have cleave, they're dead. It's like, I have cleave. I do. I do have it. I, do, I have it. <laughs> it's a it's, sweet card. Uh, I love a combat trick. I love uh, the trample and the double strike. Makes it so fun and yeah. so powerful. So I think I will miss Amber Cleave the most. Um, I had a couple left on my like top pick order, but I'm going to say Home of the Host because... Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I felt like naturally when you're drafting like this, you played a little safe. I said I went with average, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but like... Uh, that's a big swing card where like, oh, but if I stick it, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be crazy. Nine yeah. mana. Crazy Let's stuff. go. Now, <laughs> really bad. now you don't, almost don't never you do. Yeah. You always, they almost always are like, no, kill that. Absolutely like, yeah. not. It's so much mana. Magical Christmas yeah, streamlamp for so, sure. Uh, yeah. Manson has a whole deck built around Helm of the Host and I think about it constantly. <laughs> it's awesome. It's such Just a cool deck. Just to try and deck. get it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really, that. really fun. Cool. Very cool. Okay, yeah. I, I want to go over what we picked one more time yeah. at the end here. Jimmy, can you uh, list yes. your picks? So I went with Sword of Feast and Famine, Swiftfoot Boots, Commander's Plate, Mask of Memory, and Lion Sash. All right. And how about you, Rachel? I wound up with Skull Clamp, Sword of the Animist, The Reality Chip, Winged Boots, and Sting the Glinting Dagger. I'm jealous of that Sting pick. <laughs> uh, I went with Lightning Greaves, Shadow Spear, Sword of Hearth and Home, Sunforger, and Umazawa's Jite. Pretty nice. good. I'm jealous of the Shadow Spear pick. I know, Shadow Spear. I think Spear. that's the one, outside maybe Greaves, but I got the boots, so I'm okay. That, that's one of the cards that it just feels good to draw. Where you're like, oh, oh yeah. all right, we're good. You feel nice and safe. I just yeah. feel, you just feel good. <laughs> I think I have a lot of nice and safe cards. Yeah. Jite, Sunforger, Sunforger, Shadow for sure. Spear, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning Greaves. Yeah. I and Jimmy and I are like, like do, yeah. do yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm like, smack. I'm like, stop them. <laughs> and you guys are like, kill them. Kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes to show. And I think like I've often talked about gaming in general and like mm. 
people have like gaming personalities and yeah. if you play enough different games with the same person you'll see that their personality is the same if they play poker or basketball oh, yeah, or yeah, magic yeah. or like they're gonna play in the way they play or street fighter or whatever um starcraft like you just see League like Legends, oh yeah. yeah people just sort of have a natural style that is the way they play it's there you very ra- rarely find a person who's like i play starcraft or street fighter as a very aggressive player and i'm a very reactive player in magic yeah, and whatever no like no yeah yeah so very interesting all right, oh. this is a cool idea. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Very what cool. a fun episode. Um, to the listeners, what is your first pick equipment? Uh, would, was it the same of our top three we all, that we all matched? Uh, who came out on top after this draft? Who do you think won the draft? Did we miss any equipment that you would have snapped up? Yeah. Also, did you like this format of episode? Obviously, uh, equipment is just one category of many uh, magic card categories. So yeah, I could totally see this with creatures. Yeah, artifacts, I mean, two drops, three drops, enchantments, like, two man, drops, red yeah. cards, blue cards, yeah. uh, planeswalkers. We could do this episode forever. Planeswalkers <laughs> is a great one. <laughs> I play zero planeswalkers in my deck. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's not... Ugin, Elspeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Ren and <laughs> <laughs> The other Ugin. The other Ugin. <laughs> Duretti, but I keep taking him out of deck. <laughs> I keep putting him in though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments what you all think about our picks today, as well as your own. And of course, if you have any picks that you were like they didn't mention it, I'm not going to comment about it because I'm going to go snap one up right now. Head on over to cardkingdom.com/command. And you can find all of your magic cards, sealed singles, and more on the website, as well as the special foil versions, the art versions, whatever you want. You should be able to find it from cardkingdom.com slash commands. Big ol' inventory. And the best part is you get all of your cards in a single package at your front door so that you have the equipment and the creature to put it on for your next deck. Head on over to cardkingdom.com slash commands, support the show, and get the cards you want. And of course, once you get those cards, go on over to ultrapro.com slash command so that you can keep everything protected. They are the game accessories brand that we trust our own collections too here at the command zone they make all kinds of cool deck boxes sleeves wall scrolls if you want it they've got they've it got it yeah and they've got it with the art from the current set or the art from the past set or the logo for the guild that you like they have all that stuff because they have the deals with the wizards of the coast and of course if you go to their website again ultrapro.com slash command you can often find all kinds of crazy deals because they're yeah. they're all the time just doing discounts on certain products so often have found like oh I'm going to buy like six binders right now because they have a huge discount on binders. Just did that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So again, uh, ultrabro.com slash command. All right. Shall we do an end step? Does anyone have an end step? Will we talk about something cool outside the world of magic? Mm -hmm. Oh, I have one. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... We, I think we talked about season one, but one of my favorite fantasy book series of all time is Wheel of Time. Oh, right. And they made it on Amazon, right? Yeah, Amazon Prime has made it. And season one was not that great. Yeah. I was not super disappointed because usually shows aren't great, so I went yeah, into it yeah. thinking it won't be great. Um, but I, So I watched season one, and I was like, show's not that great. Season two started, and I was like, didn't start watching it, and I just started hearing all this chatter that it's actually pretty good this season. Oh. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. And you know what? It is actually pretty good this oh, season. cool. What's think, the thing that makes it better? It's weird for somebody who's a fan of the books to say, but I think one of the things is they're straying from the books in like pretty smart ways, and it also makes it so that me as a book person, I sort of... I'm assuming it's going to get to the same places, but they're getting there in sort of different ways. So right. there's some things that I don't know that I can't foresee that oh, I'm not cool. sure what's going to happen. And it's a series that has like 2,600 characters or something mm-hmm. insane. So they have to cut a lot of characters. Yeah. So it's interesting to see like, oh, they could kill this character off where they didn't in the books. 
uh, they oh, could just yeah. not have this character appear. But it, it makes every scene have a little bit more oomph because, oh, this character could die because they're not the hero of the show. But, right. you know, I know them for like seven or eight books. But so it it gives a little and they've been smart about making those decisions. So anyway, if you tried season one of Wheel of Time and didn't like it, uh, I would try two. season two because it's gotten quite a bit better. Yeah. Nice. That's good to know. That's very good to know. The other thing about fantasy shows is like books are so hard to like do the same thing. Yeah. So TV shows have to be really smart about like, let's just not touch on the whole mind reading thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever. I haven't Because we can't Wheel hear their minute yeah. monologues. So, yeah. 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 so let's just do this. <laughs> do you know if they're working with the author at all to sort of make some of these decisions? Well... Uh, Robert Jordan has passed away sadly oh. and our good friend Brandon Sanderson That's right. finished the series the, film, yeah. the last three books but he's not don't quote me on this I believe I've seen tweets from him in the past where they were bringing him out and he's consulting a little bit and uh, his Robert Jordan the original authors I think his family has been involved a little bit but obviously they don't have access to the person who knows everything and knows the yeah. most and in some ways that could be good in some ways it could be bad but I think th- this is a, probably allowing them to make more changes than they probably would be able to if the original Arthur was around. Right. And who knows, if Robert Jordan was around, maybe season one's awesome and they could really dial in on what's mm-hmm. important and maybe not have you know, missed as much. But I think also the boon of a bad, as of a disappointing season one <laughs> is that season two, I'm more amenable to the changes they're making because it's yeah. like, well, it wasn't very good. So you know, at least they're trying stuff and mm-hmm. I'm more open to it. Where a lot of people who read books and then watch things are like mad when they change stuff, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But if the if you saw them try and not change things and it was bad, then when they do change things, you're like, I get it. And that's actually kind of good. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of exciting too to be like, oh, oh, they're doing this. Oh, interesting. Because you know enough of the backstory, right? Yeah. Very cool. Okay, Wheel of Time on Prime. All right. Before we go, we got to say a big thank you to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Thank you to Damon Lentz, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Garag Bagalati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Metacroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Craig Blanchett, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, and Gabriel Poza. Woohoo! Thanks, everyone. And thanks, thanks to you out there for watching. You, specifically, you who drafted, uh, I don't know, Lightning Grease first, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you say that like it's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Try going to combat. (laughs) Okay, all right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>